With the new Chevy Silverado, you might be driving in this. But with the Silverado's redesigned interior and large infotainment screens, it'll feel more like this. Introducing the new 2022 Chevy Silverado. Find new upgrades. Find new roads. Chevrolet. Welcome back to Too Good to Be True. And before the break, I was quoting from Cosmopolitan Magazine, a quote from Danielle McKinnon. So I will start the quote over. And she was asked if dogs and cats communicate differently, and this was her reply. And I quote, no, they communicate based on personality. So you can meet a cat who's standoffish as well as a dog who is standoffish. And they're going to be that way when you communicate with them. If you have an excitable dog, most likely when you go to communicate with your dog, that dog's going to be like, hello, I love you, I love you, end quote. What else was Danielle asked? She was asked quite a few different questions, but a really interesting question was whether she noticed if some animals are more intelligent than others. Here's her reply. No, this is kind of the crux of my work. What I've learned is that at the deepest level, animals know everything. And I know it's going to make me sound crazy, but my dog knows my financial situation. My dog knows where my son is going to school. My dog knows everything about me. He could be a dog, a cat. He could be a hamster, a mouse. But if this animal is connected to me, then they know everything about me. They just choose not to deal on that level. Animals are working with humans to teach us unconditional love. Their natural state is accepting a loving whole place. A human's natural state is that we don't quite trust. We don't believe in ourselves. We don't feel safe. When you're talking with an animal intuitively at the deepest level, there's no intelligence difference. In fact, many of them seem to be a lot smarter than most of us. End quote. She also provides an interesting answer when owners want to know more about a rescue animal that they know nothing about. If that's all somebody wants, then I usually say we shouldn't do a session. Animals are spending their days wanting to live in the present, and they don't want to talk about what happened to them in the past. I would say one out of every 100 animals that I talk to with will go into what happened to them in the past, so it's a really small percentage. Most likely, had you brought your dog to me and that was going on, the dog would have been like, yeah, some stuff happened, but whatever. Now I want to talk about my human dad because he acts funny when he's, you know what I mean? They'll change the subject and go to other stuff that's more interesting and more pertinent. That's really interesting. We could really learn a lot from animals, including living in the present. We didn't discuss the tortoise shell and white cat called Oscar in the Rhode Island nursing home that will only spend time with patients if they are in their last hours before passing away. Yes, the New England Journal of Medicine doesn't think it's a fluke. Oscar will scratch on the door to get in if shut, if shut out of the room. Apparently, the staff considers Oscar so reliable that they will contact relatives when Oscar comes to visit. We didn't discuss what is happening when we see our pets staring into the distance, looking to be communicating with something invisible. I think everyone has seen their pet do that at one time or another, but I think it's time for the first question. Was there communication between the unborn baby Lucy and Cleo the dog in the early mornings when Lucy was kicking? Yes. What was the nature of the communication? Was it because Cleo could hear the baby's heartbeat? That, and also because animals are more sensitive to other souls. 
So even before the soul was placed into the body and chose the body, there's already the communication aspect. So animals are a lot more aware of other souls, including other animal souls and human souls. How did Cleo know that baby Lucy was in trouble before John and Rhonda left for the hospital? Because of this communication factor, and also because animals can sense minor changes, especially in unborn babies. So this part of their instinct is that they sense these changes, since animal instincts go back to having to reproduce and survive. So animals are a lot more in tune, especially in, in, in unborn offspring. What was Cleo trying to do by trying to get into the car? To go with, to try to help the baby. Joy couldn't find Joy after the birth. Was Joy a normal nurse? Yes and no. It was someone placed on the path for the baby to be born. But she was an actual nurse, yes. So it was on Joy's path to make sure that Lucy would survive? Yes. When John had returned home, did Cleo want to put her on speakerphone? Yes. What was Cleo trying to tell Rhonda in the maternity unit from from home over the phone? Basically communicate about the baby and checking to see if the baby was all right and if the baby had survived. So the animal wanted to get close to the baby since it's hard for animals to sense different souls and different heartbeats offspring if they're far away. And this is one of the reasons why animals keep their offspring close, especially when they're young so that they can sense those subtle changes in the offspring. Why were Cleo and Lucy inseparable once Lucy was brought home? Because they had this ultimate connection, and a lot of animals get very attached to babies since they almost view them as their own. So they view themselves as a protector and someone who needs to watch over the baby and make sure the baby's all right. Why did Cleo live to such an old age? because that was the time, and Cleo had to live her role as a protector, watcher over. And a lot of animals that are in good circumstances live as long as possible because of the positive energy around them, and they want to live on the earth plane as long as possible. Did John and Rhonda hear a beep from Cleo from the other side? Yes. How did the framed photograph on the wall of Cleo change from looking sad to looking happy? Just the energy surrounding the photograph. Can Cleo hear what John, Rhonda or Lucy have to say to her? Yes. Changing the subject to The Incredible Journey is a book in the movie based on true events of an incredible cross-country journey by two dogs and a cat. Based on multiple events, so not exactly one story, but more a bunch of stories combined. Was one of the journeys something like 300 miles or 480 kilometers? Yes. How do dogs communicate when they are close friends? Through their energy, through their physical body language, also through their vocal barking. But usually it is mostly through this, you could call it telepathy in a way. How do a dog and a cat communicate again if they are close friends? Again, animals have this. You can think of it as a sixth sense that a lot of humans do not have. So they have this extra sixth sense that helps them communicate. Assuming that these were the three pets trying to find their way home, how did they navigate successfully? Again, animals know a lot more than humans know about distance, travel, the earth in general, since they're more connected in a way to the earth. 
so they have this extra sense that helps them travel, which isn't just in dogs and cats. But Hugo can also see it in examples of different marine life and birds and many different animals who know exactly how the Earth is mapped out, obviously without using a map or human means. It's the story true about the dog prince crossing from England to France during World War One and finding his owner in a foxhole. Yes. How did Prince make the sea crossing? By swimming. Is that right? Prince swam the English Channel 22 miles or 35 kilometers at its shortest distance. Yes. That's really incredible. How did Prince find his way to his owner? By the sense and energy connection he had with his owner. Are animals capable of sight training? Yes. Is the story true of the cat with the bad hip traveling all the way from California to Oklahoma? Yes, and what you have to understand about animals is that they use their weaknesses to their strengths. So a lot of animals have this survival instinct. So yes, it's a shocking that a dog could swim so far, but you have to understand that when an animal's in survival instinct, it's either that they fight or flight reflex. So a lot of the time their adrenaline kicks in and they can do things that are very astonishing. How did the cat find its way from California to Oklahoma? Again, by using its energy and its extra senses. Do animals have psychic powers? You could call it that, yes. Regarding the studies from Duke University, can an animal react to impending danger to itself or its master? Yes. Can an animal react to the death of its master at a distance? Yes. Can an animal anticipate a master's return? Yes and no. So that's complicated since animals don't have time in the same way humans don't have time. So it's not that they know their owner will be home at 5 p.m., for example, but they do have a different way of time where they know approximately when their owner will be home and kind of map out the normal times. So yes, they'll know, but won't be 100% accurate. So, since it does not match up exactly with human time. We already have the answer from the heroic dog, Prince. Can an animal trail, that is, find its owner over unfamiliar terrain and sometimes to a previously unknown location? Yes, and there's many stories to prove this. Are animal psychics or animal communicators able to communicate with animals while animals are able to communicate with them? Yes and no. So some different psychics can, yes. But obviously you always have to figure out which ones are real and which ones are fake. Since some people do fake their abilities. Are animals always transmitting, as mentioned by Sonia Fitzpatrick? Yes. Is there always a reason for an animal's behavior, such as a dog getting cabin fever by not being taken for a walk? Yes. When an animal has to be put down, does the animal know what is going to happen? Yes. Does the animal understand that there is a right time and the owner is doing what they think is best? The animal can feel the energy and also usually know it's time. So animals know when owners are doing the best thing possible, even in regards to their situations. So animals are a lot more aware than people think they are. But we'll have to continue after this short break. And you're listening to Too Good To Be True with Justina Marsh and Pete Marsh on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, www.xzbn.net. 
Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the Exxon Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the Exxon Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan, and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere, 24-7-365. Gwilda Wiaka's latest book, The Science of Magic, Book of Mysteries, Volume 1, is the first book in a series based on her writings that open every episode of the Science of Magic radio show. Drawing on the subject matter of each guest and armed with over 40 years experience in shamanism, 35 years in alternative health, and degrees in psychology and religious studies, Gwilda introduces relevant and leading-edge information that supports spiritual evolution and personal empowerment. Rich with wisdom and inspirational quotes packaged in digestible segments, this is a book that will pull you from cover to cover. It will also serve as a daily inspirational reading for years to come. The Science of Magic Book of Mysteries, Volume 1, is available at our website, tsompublications.com, amazon.com, and wherever fine books are sold. Back in Victorian England, a famous theologian posed a perplexing riddle. Why are the two top personalities in the Bible tagged with the numbers 7 and 11? Academics agree the answer is found in the stunning discovery of a hitherto secret Bible structure explained in a new book called The Genesis Grid. The discovery is so simple that preschool children could illustrate it. Certain claims are hugely controversial and may offend some, but at the X-Zone, we've studied this awesome new book and agree with one expert, and I quote, These discoveries appear to be beyond coincidence. So who or what hid this wonderful pattern in the Bible, and what might they do next? Find out more, X-Zone Nation, and read reviews on www.genesisgrid.co.uk. That's www.genesisgrid.co.uk. Welcome back to Too Good to Be True. And before the break, Dad, you were discussing from a Kennedy Pet Food website and offering some explanations. So can you please continue with this? Yes, it was about the, uh, well, the incredible journey of print. Um, the same website offers two explanations. The first is Sixth Sense. It's believed pets are sensitive to the Earth's magnetic fields, and this gives them the ability to know which direction they're going by using an inner compass. But the question still remains, how do they know which way to go? No one knows, but researchers do know if magnets are attached to a dog or a cat, the homing ability is taken away, unquote. The second explanation is psi training, trailing rather, with psi spelled P-S-I. I've heard of birds navigating, apparently by part of their brains, able to detect magnetic fields. But what is psi trailing? Well, looking into that, I found another great story on the website Hub Pages. We talked about dogs quite a bit, but this is a story about a cat. Quote, 
There's a story of a cat back in the, in the 1950s who had a deformity in the bones of his hip. When his owners needed to move from California to Oklahoma, they thought it would be best to leave the cat with a friend in California who was familiar to the cat and who they trusted. They thought the long trip in the car to Oklahoma would be too much for their beloved cat, who they had named Sugar. Imagine the owner's surprise when over a year later, a cat showed up at the barn in Oklahoma where the previous owner was milking a cow. The cat jumped up through the window to greet his owner. He made a, a 100, sorry, 1,500 mile trip in spite of his challenges due to his hip to get back to his much loved owner, uh, unquote. It sounds like wherever you go, there are more and more great stories. I think you need to explain what side trailing is. It's basically a psychic connection between animal and human. It has been studied scientifically according to the Wheeler Psy website. And I quote, Dr. Joseph Ryan and Sarah Feather of Duke University describe five categories of widely observed psychic behavior in animals. One, reaction to impeding danger to itself or its master. Two, reaction to the death of its master at a distance. Three, anticipation of a master's return. Four, homing. Five, trailing, finding its owner over unfamiliar terrain and sometimes to a previously unknown location. Of these, trailing was the most compelling. And the quote continues. When cases are evaluated for side trailing, there are four major criteria that are used. One, the reliability of the witnesses. Two, positive identification of the animal, such as a deformity, scar, or name tag. Three, how credible and consistent the details are. Four, adequate cooperative evidence, such as other witnesses. Over several years, they found 54 cases of cats, dogs, and birds that met these criteria. If we think about it, we have to ask, what are the odds of a cat traveling 500 miles over unfamiliar terrain and finding its owner? Well, just for the heck of it, let's divide the choices by mile so that every mile traveled represents three chances that fail and one that succeeds, a one in four chance. Maybe the cat is lucky and corrects every so often, so the chances are one in two every miles for going the right direction. What are the odds? By the 25th mile, that cat's chance of finding its home is 0.000003%. We can safely rule out chance as an explanation, end quote. So side trailing explains what the animal does, but not how it does it. For anticipation of a master's return, didn't you used to check when our puppy used to go and lie down near the garage door before you got home while varying the time of departure for home? Yes, somebody would watch the puppy move to near the garage door to lie down and write down the time. I would record the time of my departure. The puppy always knew when I was going to arrive home. I soon gave up on the experiment because it became pointless. Animals just seemed to know. The puppy for years would go outside and lie down and greet all the kids as they walked home from the school bus. He never barked at them. Of the psychic behaviors mentioned, we haven't discussed reaction to impeding danger to itself or its master, or reaction to the death of its master at a distance. Homing was explained earlier in terms of a sixth sense, with animals detecting the Earth's magnetic field but there may also be a psychic element. Do you have any examples of the other two behaviors? There are many stories of these two behaviors dogs are used to help people with certain medical conditions. For example, seizure alert dogs. Uh, 
Here's a quote from an article written by Nicholas Dodman in 2007 from the ABC News website. Quote, seizure alert dogs can sense and notify their human companions of an oncoming seizure. They notify behavior. Uh, the notifying behavior would be anything markedly different from a dog's usual behavior, including close eye contact, circling, pawing or barking. This alerting behavior has been reported to show up anywhere from several seconds to 45 minutes or more before the onset of the seizure, unquote. Later in the article, quote, I also know a formerly seizure-prone dog trainer whose keys hand warns her of, her, of impending epileptic events with such reliability that she no longer needs medication, unquote. But is that being psychic or picking up on physical changes in their human companion? I really don't know, maybe a bit on both. But here are five examples of dogs being heroes by reacting to danger from the website Healthy Owners, as originally reported on CNN. Dog saves girl from snake. A young girl playing outdoors was surprised by a snake that was ready to strike her. Her dog, Psycho, a 10-pan chihuahua poodle mix, stepped in front of the girl, taking a bite in the eyelid and saving the child from the snake. Psycho survived, but had to have his eye removed. Dog saves man from out of control car. O'Neill, a yellow lab guide dog in training, noticed a car coming toward his trainers on the sidewalk. He alerted one trainer in just in time for him to push the other trainer, who was blindfolded at the time, out of harm's way. Dog saves lost two-year-old. A two-year-old boy wandering, wandered into the woods near his family's home and was missing for more than four hours. His family's dog, Ashpoo, an Australian shepherd, was finally spotted near a barn where the dog was found sleeping on his jacket. Dog saves newborn baby. In the middle of the night, of the night one family's dog, Duke, jumped out on their bed, shaking uncontrollably. Highly unusual for the very obedient dog. The couple checked their nine-week-old baby sleeping in her bassinet and found her not breathing. They called 911 and the paramedics were able to revive her. Dog saves his brother. Baxter and Bailey were two golden retrievers. Uh, two golden retrievers were leashed together when they ran away. Two weeks later, a friend found Baxter, but Bailey was still lost. Baxter led his owner through woods and down a path where Bailey was stuck with his leash wrapped around some bushes. The behavior described by Duke University we haven't discussed yet is reaction to the death of its master at a distance. Do you have any examples of that happening? Examples seem to be hard to come by, but there is a piece from Dr. Michael W. Fox's newspaper column, Animal Doctor, on the website Dogster. Dogster. Here's a quote from the newspaper column. Quote, some dogs actually know when the loved one has died at the hospital before those at home received a phone call because of evidence and changes in behavior, such as suddenly howling and becoming agitated or giving up the waiting by the door or driveway vigil. Such remote sensing is behavioral evidence of the existence of what I call the empathosphere, unquote. All that leads on to the subject of pet psychics and how animals think and see the world. Aren't pet psychics also called animal communicators? Yes, they are. And probably the best known animal communicator is Sonia Fitzpatrick. Here is a quote from the animal of the animal wellness website. I've been communicating with animals for as long as I can remember, she says. They speak telepathically. They're always transmitting. The article continues. 
Sonia says the reason for his success is simple. There's always a reason for an animal's behavior. If I can get to the reason, I can cure it. Often, it's sometimes very simple that the animal's guardian just doesn't realize. For example, so many people have dogs and never walk them, she says. So many problems are solved simply by giving your dog a good, long walk every day. Otherwise, it's like being in prison for them. You could be in Buckingham Palace or the White House, but you wouldn't be happy if you never got out. Although Sonia cannot diagnose illnesses, she helps many people pinpoint exactly where their companions are hurting. When I'm communicating, it's like I'm inside the animal, she says. I see what they see, feel what they feel. It's not just hearing. I use all my senses. Although the main focus of her work is solving issues with animals, Sonia also helps many people know when it's time to let their beloved companions go. Many people consult me when they're ready to put an animal down to see if it's the right time or if they should hang on, she says. If the animal is ready to be at peace, Sonia guides the guardian to come to terms with the decision. Sonia doesn't have to be in physical proximity with an animal to communicate with him. She does many private sessions on the phone, as well as working with callers on her weekly radio show. This works through the magnetic fields of the universe, she explains. A lot of people don't even know these fields exist, but animals know how to use them. As a little girl, I used to see them. We're constantly transmitting like a radio. When I'm on the telephone and I'm talking to the person, I pick up the animals. Are there other animal, animal communicators that you think should be mentioned? There's Danielle McKinnon. During an interview with Cosmopolitan Magazine from 2015, she was asked if dogs and cats communicate differently. And I will start the quote before the break. She replied as follows. No, they communicate based on personality. So you can meet a cat who's standoffish as well as a dog who's standoffish. And they're going to be that way when you communicate with them. But we'll have to continue with this quote and more on animal communication after this short break. And you're listening to Too Good to Be True, which is Sina Marsh and Pete Marsh on the Exxon Broadcast Network, www.xcbn.net. Broadcast studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada, to the world and beyond. You're watching the Exxon Broadcast Network, www.xzbn.net. ABS Media The scientist and the mystic have been on an age-old, relentless search with one thing in common. They seek truth. Their paths converge in the 40,000-year-old practice of shamanism, an ancient science delving to the quantum level of life, facilitating healing, manifestation, and evolution. I'm Gwilda Wiecka, the founder and director of Path Home Shamanic Arts School, a unique Colorado State-certified occupational school, training shamanic practitioners and teachers. We also provide classes for empowering personal lives through shamanism. 
Our certification classes are in week-long segments, enabling international participation, and online classes and long-distance shamanic healing sessions are available. Come discover the science of magic in the limitless world of shamanism. www.findyourpathhome.com Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the X-Zone Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the X-Zone Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere. 24-7-365. Rob McConnell here, presenting an overview for Nicholas Paul Jinnix, author of a fascinating book, Amen. It presents facts revealed by Egyptologists, facts that enable us to understand why Amen is the beginning of creation of God. It provides recommendations for religious leaders of the major religions to unify their beliefs and teach the word of God, love one another. Amen informs people how mankind conceived God. It was the Egyptians that developed the concepts of a soul, a hereafter, and son of God, and finally, after the worship of many gods, they conceived the belief in one universal God, the maker of all there is. For more information, visit www.futureofgodamen.com. That's www.futureofgodamen.com. Welcome back to Too Good to Be True. And before the break, I was quoting from Cosmopolitan Magazine, a quote from Danielle McKinnon. So I will start the quote over. And she was asked if dogs and cats communicate differently, and this was her reply. And I quote, no, they communicate based on personality. So you can meet a cat who's standoffish as well as a dog who is standoffish. And they're going to be that way when you communicate with them. If you have an excitable dog, most likely when you go to communicate with your dog, that dog's going to be like, hello, I love you, I love you, end quote. What else was Danielle asked? She was asked quite a few different questions, but a really interesting question was whether she noticed if some animals are more intelligent than others. Here's her reply. No, this is kind of the crux of my work. What I've learned is that at the deepest level, animals know everything. And I know it's going to make me sound crazy, but my dog knows my financial situation. My dog knows where my son is going to school. My dog knows everything about me. He could be a dog, a cat. He could be a hamster, a mouse. But if this animal is connected to me, then they know everything about me. They just choose not to deal on that level. Animals are working with humans to teach us unconditional love. Their natural state is accepting a loving whole place. A human's natural state is that we don't quite trust. We don't believe in ourselves. We don't feel safe. 
when you're talking with an animal intuitively at the deepest level, there's no intelligence difference. In fact, many of them seem to be a lot smarter than most of us, end quote. She also provides an interesting answer when owners want to know more about a rescue animal that they know nothing about. If that's all somebody wants, then I usually say we shouldn't do a session. Animals are spending their days wanting to live in the present, and they don't want to talk about what happened to them in the past. I would say one out of every 100 animals that I talk to with will go into what happened to them in the past, so it's a really small percentage. Most likely, had you brought your dog to me and that was going on, the dog would have been like, yeah, some stuff happened, but whatever. Now I want to talk about my human dad because he acts funny when he's, you know what I mean? They'll change the subject and go to other stuff that's more interesting and more pertinent. That's really interesting. We could really learn a lot from animals, including living in the present. We didn't discuss the tortoise shell and white cat called Oscar in the Rhode Island nursing home that will only spend time with patients if they are in their last hours before passing away. Yes, the New England Journal of Medicine doesn't think it's a fluke. Oscar will scratch on the door to get in if shut, if shut out of the room. Apparently, the staff considers Oscar so reliable that they will contact relatives when Oscar comes to visit. We didn't discuss what is happening when we see our pets staring into the distance, looking to be communicating with something invisible. I think everyone has seen their pet do that at one time or another, but I think it's time for the first question. Was there communication between the unborn baby Lucy and Cleo the dog in the early mornings when Lucy was kicking? Yes. What was the nature of the communication? Was it because Cleo could hear the baby's heartbeat? That, and also because animals are more sensitive to other souls. So even before the soul was placed into the body and chose the body, there's already the communication aspect. So animals are a lot more aware of other souls, including other animal souls and human souls. How did Cleo know that baby Lucy was in trouble before John and Rhonda left for the hospital? Because of this communication factor, and also because animals can sense minor changes, especially in unborn babies. So this part of their instinct is that they sense these changes, since animal instincts go back to having to reproduce and survive. So animals are a lot more in tune, especially in, in, in unborn offspring. What was Cleo trying to do by trying to get into the car? To go with, to try to help the baby. Joy couldn't find Joy after the birth. Was Joy a normal nurse? Yes and no. It was someone placed on the path for the baby to be born, but she was an actual nurse, yes. So it was on Joy's path to make sure that Lucy would survive? Yes. When John had returned home, did Cleo want to put her on speakerphone? Yes. What was Cleo trying to tell Rhonda in the maternity unit from, from home over the phone? Basically communicate about the baby and checking to see if the baby was all right and if the baby had survived. So the animal wanted to get close to the baby since it's hard for animals to sense different souls and different heartbeats offspring if they're far away. And this is one of the reasons why animals keep their offspring close, especially when they're young, so that they can sense those subtle changes in the offspring. Why were Cleo and Lucy inseparable once Lucy was brought home? Because they had this ultimate connection, and a lot of animals get very attached to babies, 
since they almost view them as their own. So they view themselves as a protector and someone who needs to watch over the baby and make sure the baby's all right. Why did Cleo live to such an old age? Because that was the time, and Cleo had to live her role as a protector, watcher over. And a lot of animals that are in good circumstances live as long as possible because of the positive energy around them. And they want to live on the earth plane as long as possible. Did John and Rhonda hear a beep from Cleo from the other side? Yes. How did the framed photograph on the wall of Cleo change from looking sad to looking happy? Just the energy surrounding the photograph. Can Cleo hear what John, Rhonda or Lucy have to say to her? Yes. Changing the subject to The Incredible Journey, is the book and the movie based on true events of an incredible cross-country journey by two dogs and a cat? Based on multiple events, so not exactly one story, but more a bunch of stories combined. Was one of the journeys something like 300 miles or 480 kilometers? Yes. How do dogs communicate when they are close friends? Through their energy, through their physical body language, also through their vocal barking. But usually it is mostly through this, you could call it telepathy in a way. How do a dog and a cat communicate again if they are close friends? Again, animals have this. You can think of it as a sixth sense that a lot of humans do not have. So they have this extra sixth sense that helps them communicate. Assuming that these were the three pets trying to find their way home, how did they navigate successfully? Again, animals know a lot more than humans know about distance, travel, the earth in general, since they're more connected in a way to the earth. So they have this extra sense that helps them travel, which isn't just in dogs and cats. But you can also see it in examples of different marine life and birds and many different animals who know exactly how the earth is mapped out, obviously without using a map or human means. Is the story true about a dog prince crossing from England to France during World War One and finding his owner in a foxhole? Yes. How do prince make the sea crossing? By swimming. Is that right? Prince swam the English Channel 22 miles or 35 kilometers at its shortest distance. Yes. That's really incredible. How did Prince find his way to his owner? By the sense and energy connection he had with his owner. Are animals capable of psi training? Yes. Is the story true of the cat with the bad hip traveling all the way from California to Oklahoma? Yes, and what you have to understand about animals is that they use their weaknesses to their strengths. So a lot of animals have this survival instinct. So yes, it's a shocking that a dog could swim so far, but you have to understand that when an animal's in survival instinct, it's either that they fight or flight reflex. So a lot of the time their adrenaline kicks in and they can do things that are very astonishing. How did the cat find its way from California to Oklahoma? Again, by using its energy and its senses. Do animals have psychic powers? You could call it that, yes. Regarding the studies from Duke University, can an animal react to impending danger to itself or its master? Yes. Can an animal react to the death of its master at a distance? Yes. 
Can an animal anticipate a master's return? Yes and no. So that's complicated since animals don't have time in the same way humans don't have time. So it's not that they know their owner will be home at 5 p.m., for example, but they do have a different way of time where they know approximately when their owner will be home and kind of map out the normal times. So yes, they'll know, but won't be 100% accurate. So since it does not match up exactly with human time. We already have the answer from the heroic dog Prince. Can an animal trail, that is find its owner over unfamiliar terrain and sometimes to a previously unknown location? Yes, and there's many stories to prove this. Are animal psychics or animal communicators able to communicate with animals while animals are able to communicate with them? Yes and no. So some different psychics can, yes. But obviously you always have to figure out which ones are real and which ones are fake. Since some people do fake their abilities. Are animals always transmitting, as mentioned by Sonia Fitzpatrick? Yes. Is there always a reason for an animal's behavior, such as a dog getting cabin fever by not being taken for a walk? Yes. When an animal has to be put down, does the animal know what is going to happen? Yes. Does the animal understand that there is a right time and the owner is doing what they think is best? The animal can feel the energy and also usually know it's time. So animals know when owners are doing the best thing possible even in regards to their situations. So animals are a lot more aware than people think they are. But we'll have to continue after this short break. And you're listening to Too Good To Be True with Justina Marsh and Pete Marsh on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, www.xcbn.net. One of the world's greatest psychics, Elizabeth Joyce, is now giving readings worldwide via Skype. Elizabeth Joyce is recognized for her clairvoyant ability to help find missing persons, her analysis of dreams, past life regression work, mediumship, and her accurate predictions. Elizabeth has been a frequent guest on the Exxon radio show with yours truly, Rob McConnell, now for several years. For an appointment with Elizabeth Joyce, call 201 234-8986 or Skype at Elizabeth.Joyce and for more information you can always visit Elizabeth Joyce online at www.new-visions.com The new nonfiction book, Razor of Madness, is similar to cult movies like Clockwork Orange, Dragon's Tattoo, or The Other Side of Hell. Wayne Morin Jr. and Thomas Lee Howe will expose widespread and systematic deficiencies in this thought-provoking tell-all novel. Mind control rages among scholars in law schools. Human rights are ignored while thought reform and mental manipulation are accepted practices used as behavior modification. Dr. Louis Jolion West comes to mind. Media and public scrutiny shows that United States mental hospitals are in fact destructive murder industries. 
Razor of Madness Exposé Novel details this epidemic through an in-depth professional and personal investigation. For decades, there has been a revolving door policy that still releases killers and pedophiles back into society. The maestro of mind control continues to haunt America to this very day. Razor of Madness is available in paperback or as a downloadable ebook at Amazon.com. I'm William S. Peckham. If you enjoy a good mystery with a touch of the paranormal, then you'll love my novel, From Out of the Woodwork. It's the story of a young Toronto contractor, Sean Kennedy, who buys derelict homes, guts them, and turns them into multifamily dwellings. Slums just waiting to happen. When Sean buys 29 Livery Lane, the house fights back. Former owners unexpectedly come out of the woodwork as he starts the destruction. The apparitions come to him when he touches old books, reads hidden letters, rummages through old boxes, finds a locket or reads a discovered manuscript of a murder mystery. From Out of the Woodwork will take you from 1899 to the horror of the World Trade Center, September 11, 2001. Check out From Out of the Woodwork on my website, www.williamspeckham.com. Welcome back to Too Good to Be True. And before the break, we were going through the questions and the psychic insight about animal communication. So, Dad, can you please continue with the questions? Sure. Can pet psychics or animal communicators communicate with animals over a distance? Yes and no. So it is a lot more difficult to communicate with animals over a distance compared to in person. So the psychic would have to be highly trained to be able to do distance sessions. Are there magnetic fields of the universe, as mentioned by Sonia Fitzpatrick? Yes. Is pet psychic Danielle McKinnon correct in stating that dogs and cats communicate in much the same way? Not exactly. So each species has its own way of communicating, but they still understand each other. So dogs and cats are a little bit different since, yes, they're both pets, but dogs are more highly not domesticated but more highly used to being a companion than cats. So cats have more of their own agenda, just like a lot of different animals. So they communicate in slightly different ways. Are some animals more intelligent than others? Yes. Do our pets know all about us, including our financial situation? No. So they don't really care to know everything about their owner, master, or whatever you want to call it. So the animal can pick up if it's being well cared for, the home situation, things like that. But money and financial situations means almost nothing to an animal. Are animals here to teach us unconditional love? Some of them, yes. Does Oscar the cat have the ability to know when a patient in a nursing home is about to pass away? Yes. What is happening when we see our pet staring into the distance looking to be communicating with something invisible? They are a lot more connected. So they're a lot more connected to the paranormal side of things. So ghosts, spirits, etc. are a lot more easy for them to pick up on, but not in all cases. So the thing is, is not every single animal that's staring into space is seeing ghosts, but in some cases they are. What is the best way to communicate with our animals that have passed away? Do we just talk to them in a normal voice? 
Yes, and also they appreciate small gestures. So putting out a photo of them, keeping their favorite toy, keeping their collar, things like that. They do acknowledge, they do see. If we ask our pets who have passed away to give us sign, will they do that? Yes. Besides unconditional love from some animals, and that animal minds are incredibly powerful, what else can we learn from animals? So the first lesson is that humans are trying to comprehend and learn, is that animals are sharing the planet with humans. So obviously when you have a pet, your responsibilities take care of that pet. However, every animal needs to be taken care of in its own way. So that means that if you have a dog, for example, you would never harm that dog. So there's no reason to go out and harm an animal for no reason. So it goes back to respecting and loving the animals. And yes, there are reasons why animals do get killed or things happen, but there also needs to be this mutual respect. And in regards to pets and animals, is that the major takeaway is do not get an animal unless you know how to take care of it and are capable of taking care of it. So even if someone decides to get a fish, for example, that fish is still an animal. That fish still needs to be taken care of. And it's the responsibility of the pet owner to actually understand how to take care of the animal before they purchase the animal. The other takeaway, too, is that in regards to dogs, cats, animals that are a little bit more interactive, is that these pets do bring a sense of love, unconditional love, compassion, relaxation, etc. So it is a very good when these animals are used in roles where they help humans, since they do understand humans a lot more than they think they do. But it's also important to give back to these animals and give them mutual respect. That was the last answer. There is so much that is too good to be true about animals. But was a heroic Irish terrier prince swimming in his channel to reunite with his owner too good to be true? That depends on what you are prepared to believe. I have to admit that the story of Prince was included because I really didn't believe it. Also, if it were true, how did Prince stow away on a cross-channel ferry? Then I thought, with German submarines in wartime, there were no cross-channel ferries. Then I checked, the ferries were turned into troop ships and hospital ships. So if the story is true, Prince would have had to either swam or found a hospital or troop ship going in the right direction and then remain undiscovered. Either way, it's hard to believe that he could actually cross the English Channel. So, is there an official story of Prince? Yes, there is, from the website Ireland Zone. As Private Brandon's family were from County Cork in Ireland, but moved to Hammersmith in London, England, uh, just before World War One. Apparently, Prince was actually an Irish terrier collie mix, and I'm going to quote from the website. The actual details of the dog's extraordinary journey remain a mystery, but the bare facts that Prince left the house in Hammersmith alone and turned up two weeks later where his master was stationed remain undisputed. News of the amazing reunited of man and dog spread quickly and following morning, the following morning, Private Brown had orders to parade with Prince before the regiment's commanding officer to verify the story. The regiment adopted Prince as a mascot and he remained in France during the war. He was given a jacket made of an old khaki tunic and had his own identification disc. The dog became a great favourite with the men and amused them with his many tricks. His best trick was, a, was to balance a penny on his nose while the names of the other regiments were called out to him. When the name First North Staffordshire was called out, 
Prince tossed up the penny, caught it and barked for his reward. He also learned the word alamon. Hearing it, Prince would rush around looking for a pair of legs, not wearing the familiar British uniform. If he found one, he clamped onto it. He also quickly learned to run for cover when enemy shelling came over. Brown had a friend called Weaver that Prince was fond of and spent some of his time with, with him while Weaver went about his job delivering food supplies up to the front line. Prince regularly took charge of Weaver's horse, perched on a saddle with the reins in his mouth, unquote. Alamond is the French word for German. The quote goes on, quote, when the story was first told to the press, many people refused to believe it. The Royal Society for Prevention of Cruelty to Animals investigated and proved its veracity, unquote. Well, I'm glad you weren't alone in not believing that story. I should have known better. The Staffordshire Regiment Museum has pictures and records of Prince, including a letter from Private Brown's wife from 1914, informing them that Prince had gone missing. But the official version includes the assumption that Prince probably made it across English Channel on a troop ship. Although, as we've heard, um, apparently Prince swam the English Channel. Well, yes, that story went to prove just how much ability our pets and other animals have. And just another question, did Private Brown and Prince survive the war? They both did. The Royal Society for Prevention of Cruelty to Animals made sure they were reunited when Private Brown returned home at the end of the war in 1918. Prince lived until 1921. Well, after that amazing story of Prince, if any of the listeners have some inspiring stories they would like to include in an episode or just share with the audience or share with us, we would love to hear from you. So if you want to go to our Facebook page at Too Good To Be True with the first two spelled T-W-O, you can like our page, you can follow, you can send us a message. And if you have any topics about future shows or have any comments on today's show, we would love to hear from you. Yes, um, I should say that finding stories about, um, well, miracles, really, um, um, that animals had managed to uh, had managed to do. It wasn't very difficult. They're just everywhere. And I think there's lots and lots of stories that are quite unbelievable in everybody's life with an interaction, uh, interaction with a pet. So that was a major takeaway. It was really hard to know what to include. There was just so much information. Well, and I think my point at the end here is I really am a believer in adopting, not shopping. So there's so many dogs, cats, bunnies, different types of animals that do need homes all over the country, all over the world. And so it's a really very treasure when you go and you go in a humane society and you look at the dogs and they all want homes. I mean, you see those dogs, cats, whatever animal it is. And it's amazing to be able to take one of those dogs home, cats, whatever animal it is home with you. But of course, as we heard from the psychic insight, you have to prepare yourself for a pet. So you have to make sure that you have the proper information before getting a pet, since it is a huge commitment. Yeah, I should say uh, just quickly when we got our last puppy, um, it wasn't actually a puppy, it was uh, a little bit older, but um, when we walked into the parking lot, we could hear this hound howling. And when we went and looked and uh, we'd already seen the, the, the puppy on the um, on the website, uh, we said, yes, we want like to know more about this particular uh, dog. And they said, you want that one? And anyway, uh, this this uh, this dog was just making a racket and and uh, 
uh, acting up and wanting to get all the attention in the world. And then we decided after meeting with him and, and spending some time with him that we we're going to take him home. So while the wife was doing the paperwork, I went back to the, the uh, cell, I guess he was in. And there he was just sat on his haunches looking happy as uh, Larry and uh, not howling whatsoever. The darn thing knew he was coming home, I think. Uh, they, they just know. Um, it was just pretty amazing. And um, we, couldn't, we can't think of life without him now. Well, and I think because this is such a touching episode, we'll actually do something special on Facebook where we'll have a feed. And if you want to share a story about your animal, we would love to hear from you. If you want to share a picture of your animal, um, just for all the listeners, I love animals. So I would love to hear your stories and see photos of your animals and your journeys with animals. If you've had some type of experience, if you have a loving pet, if you have a past pet, we would love to hear from you. And as always, we're always open to listeners' suggestions. So if you have any topics for future shows you would like to tell us, we would love to hear from that. And as always, thank you to all the listeners, and we look forward to next week's show. Modern Esoteric, Beyond Our Senses by Brad Olson, consummates the lifeology story about where humanity originates. It is the lost continents, the primitive wisdom, the mythos of creation, and the rethinking of ancient history as we are taught in academia. There is much more to the story than what we have been told. As this is the first book in the Esoteric series, Modern Esoteric starts at the beginning of time and accelerates up to this modern age. Future Esoteric is book two in the series and takes a forward-looking position ahead of today with an open and honest examination of the ET issue and various unexplained phenomena. To discover the writings of author Brad Olson, visit www.bradolson.com. That's www.bradolson.com. Are you or is someone you know struggling with addictions, depression, anxiety, relationships, low self-esteem, lack of confidence, grief, success, and prosperity? Do you know that your subconscious belief plays a big role in the outcome of your hard work? We can help you permanently change the beliefs that may be the reason for your struggles and failures. We care about getting you the return on your investment and the results you are looking for. We can help you be free of the limitations of your past and in realizing your highest potential. We work with people by phone and Skype. For more information, visit us at www.ritasoman.com. That's www.ritasoman.com. Do you think you have energy problems in your home? Do you feel better when you're away than when you're home? Joey Korn is a global leader in the world of dowsing who specializes in personal energy clearing and space clearing. He can help you create an ideal energy environment in your home no matter where you live in the world. 
Learn about his remote spiritual house cleaning services and much more at www.dowsers.com. You can get Joey's book, Dowsing, A Path to Enlightenment, as well as other dowsing books and tools, Kabbalah books, and Walter Russell books. Joey's work is really amazing. Go to dowsers.com right now. That's D-O-W-S-E-R-S dot com or call 1-877-DOWSING. That's 1-877-369-7464.